Video killed the Nables marriage. Video killed the Nables marriage. Skip dinner for the sports bar. Does Roy even own a VCR? The parodies, they go too far. I wish Jeffrey Jones, he did not star. Nice. Yeah. Well, now, home entertainment was my only wish. So I sold my soul for a satellite dish. I tied it to the top of my Japanese car and came home and pointed it out to the stars. A message came back from the great beyond. There's 666 channels and nothing on. Welcome back to the Nostalgia Killers. I'm Chuck Starzinski. I'm Luke Lund. And today we are covering uh, the exact topic that I hope that, you know, I hope you do this every time we do an episode. Uh, we saw Stay Tuned. That was terrible. That was, uh, that was rough. But we're going to roll with it. That's okay. I love this movie. I just want to come off yeah, go hot. Go for it. Just say, yeah. Oh, this movie is so underrated. This is a movie that like I told people. It's like, oh, yeah. Like People were you know, giving us a pretty warm reception to the first episode. And they're like, what are you doing next? I was like, stay tuned. No, no. That's... That's the name of the movie. <laughs> it was like, oh, I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. It was like, what? Oh. I had no idea this was a flop. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought it did well. No, no, like huge commercial flop. Like yeah. probably ruined uh, Pam Dauber's like, career. <laughs> I never heard of her after this. Yeah, she was not in anything else after this, really, aside from like a couple odd episodes of like, you know, like an NYPD Blue here or there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, never heard of Peter Himes, I think is how you say his name, the Heim, director. Yeah, nor, nor I. No, but also I was, probably killed his career, too. <laughs> actually, it didn't. No? No, he went on to do a lot more stuff. Oh, beautiful. Um, as, as I recall, but I, I don't pay attention to the directors that much anyways. But uh, yeah, this is my first time hearing of him. Yeah. Um, also a huge part of my childhood. I didn't see this in theaters. I would have been 14 mm-hmm. or that, but um, I saw it on HBO, on TV accidentally one day and then i was hooked and then i saw it 40 more times (laughs) and uh, yeah if it was on i I just did not change the channel i just kept watching it and it's a pg movie too so i think it may have been actual actually on network television at some point oh yeah so no i think like that's my relationship to it too um i definitely saw like bits and pieces as a kid growing up like i definitely have the bit um the Dwayne's World, obviously, which we'll get to. Uh-huh. But I had like the kind of Chuck Jones, like Tom and Jerry-esque cartoon that then transitions to live action, burned yeah. into my brain. Same. And was just like, what is that? What is that from? And then as a teenager, going to my local video store, what they did, five movies, five days, five dollars, which, yeah, hell of a deal. Um, yeah, just going to the video store and just kind of combing, like, you know, you comb your comedies, your actions, your everything. And just being like, oh, what's this one? Stay tuned. I'm like, you know, fuck it. It's a dollar. What's the worst thing that could happen? And then I was like hooked. I was just like, absolutely. Also, probably went hand in hand with the, uh, you know, the habitual pot smoking and all that. So it's just like <laughs> I was stoned off my ass and just like, yeah, this is exactly what I need. This is exactly the attention span I have. It's like <laughs> if I start to drift, boom, they change channels. We're moving on. <laughs> Specifically tuned to stoners. Exactly. I love it. Uh, But anyways, as I said, maybe not a lot of folks have seen this movie. So uh, do we want to do a quick little speed through? Kind of uh, give people a, like another elevator pitch? Um, You can. I don't, I'm not good at those. Okay. 60 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've got a great idea for a movie. Um, Have you guys seen a Kentucky Fried movie or uh, Amazon Women from Mars? No? Okay, well, they're like, they're, they're like parody movies. Uh, uh, okay, there's this thing, right, called Saturday Night Live? Yeah? What if we just did that? Oh, uh, no? You don't? Okay. Well, what if I worked a plot into it very loosely? What if uh, I found a way to just take all these, like, little parody jokes that I keep in my notebook and, you know, made them into a cohesive piece? Oh, you're still not on board? What if I pester you and pester you and pester you until we make this movie? Which is how it came about, actually. Yep. Like, yeah. In my research, it was like the only reason this movie got made is because the director, um, Peter Himes, would not let up. He would not shut the fuck up. <laughs> he got this job because he just loved the script so much when he found it 
that he bugged and he begged and he pleaded until they caved. Uh, so much so that, yeah, they didn't have an amazing budget and he even agreed to DP too. Like, yes. he's the director of photography as well. Yeah. I I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and watching through it twice to, to do research for this, I couldn't find too much problematic no, stuff. No, no. There, there's only just a few bad jokes and... Yeah, I was going to say this movie is not the, canceled, um, but one of the actors is... Uh, ironically, um, it, his demise is with the phrase, sorry, Spike, you are canceled. I know. That is the best. I was going to save that for later, but <laughs> yes, that, no, it's okay. No, let's jump. Let's just jump in it. Let's get the elephant out of the room. You know, let's talk about uh, the not so lovely Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones, um, yeah. Jeffrey Jones of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off fame uh, plays Spike, who is essentially a, I don't know, he's not the devil himself, but he's like a... He's the big bad. Big bad. He's the underling of Satan, which also, just to go on a quick tangent... Why ever happened to having Satan as the bad guy in movies? I miss, like, it's just such a clean, easy villain. You know, it's like, we all hate Satan. I think that might have been a PG thing. Yeah? Yeah. I've never heard of a demon called Spike. That's I, true. I, I think they just kind of made them all up, and they only loosely referenced to the devil. Yeah. I think that's also, like, which also, I want to get back to the PG I, thing, too. I, I, caught a, I caught two instances where they cut out the word bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they, that's how strict they were for this PG rating. So... I believe it. My guess is any actual references to Satan, the devil, would have been... All on the cutting room floor. Yeah, like because the MPAA is notoriously stingy. A bunch of prudes and... Yeah, that was like one of my only issues with the movie, honestly, is like, and I think that might be why it wasn't like a commercial failure and it totally flopped, is because like this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, it doesn't know if it wants to be like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids level family film. Right. Or... As I said before, like an edgier, like Saturday Night Live or like a Kentucky Fried movie, like kind of more PG-13, R-rated. Because a lot of the parodies they do are super freaking dark. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. If you're a kid, I, I remember watching it and not understanding half of it. So it's exactly. like, it, it takes, it did, they did the job, they did the thing where they they make the jokes for a lot of the jokes for the kids, but there's some, some innuendo and stuff only adults will get. Yeah. So... But yeah, like bleak also, like, I mean, like definitely some of them are like a little like tongue in cheek and stuff, but some of them are just straight bleak. Like um, I have the full spoof list. I don't know if we really want to run through all of them, but like, just like as far as like the quick, like fast hits, they mm -hmm. do uh, one, a spoof of uh, Candid Camera called Sadistic Hidden Videos. And the whole joke is just, yeah, it's a policeman going to this woman's door and just telling her that her husband has been like viciously murdered, basically. <laughs> and just like she starts breaking down and weeping. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're, you're, you're on camera. You see the camera over see there? See the camera over there? Just like in the candid camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I was going to just mention on that one, it's oddly prescient because there are some TikTok, um, you know, like uh, skits and stuff that people are doing now that are really fucking bad. There's like people walking around going, hey, I have this bag, I have a bomb in a bag. Oh, no. And that's their joke. Yeah. And they watch people freak out. It's like, it looks just like this. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a camera over there. You, what? Why would oh. you fucking do that? So we don't learn. That's why. I guess. Because <laughs> we just repeat the same fucking mistakes over and over and over again. <laughs> Doesn't matter what technology they, we're using. We're just going to like, yeah. They watched Stay Tuned and didn't get the message. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Missed the, miss the boat on that one. <laughs> um, but all I wanted to say really quick, Jeffrey Jones, he's definitely canceled. Um, we, do not yeah. condone, we do not condone Mr. Jones. Um, he was arrested in 2002 for possession of child pornography. And soliciting a minor. Uh, the victim was 14 at the time. He did yep. his time. Not enough, though, I don't think. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no. he served like five years of probation and is uh, finally a registered sex offender, which I guess he also got arrested in 04 and 10 for <laughs> failing to, to, to register. Yep. Um, which, yeah. 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 And I, I wrote down in my notes that he's, he's forever stained oh, my, no. the, the, film, the films of my childhood. Yeah, he's like, you know, like I'll never look at him the same. It's, it's never going to be innocent again. Like it's never, yeah, it's totally, obviously different level of fame, different sort of thing. But he's like, he's like a spacey. He's like, where it's like ah, like it's like you start, especially like he is kind of Kevin Spacey esque in the sense that like he's in a lot of movies where you're like, oh yeah, you don't, you're just like, you're just like, oh that's a great film, like da da da, and then all of a sudden he comes in 
a third of the way through and you're like, oh, damn it, Jeffrey. Well, even before this, like two years before this, the movie he made was Mom and Dad Save the World, where he plays oh, a yeah. leading role. He's, he's the dad. And it's like, he was a huge deal. Like, and he was like, it was going up and up. Like this, mm-hmm. this may have been a step down. I don't know, as, as far as a lead or, or yeah. supporting actor role might go. But he's always supporting actors. And then Mom and Dad Save the World. And it looked like he was going to be a, a comedy staple. I don't think he was ever a part of SCTV or Second City or Saturday Night Live, writer or actor otherwise. But he was in that group of people and he kept showing up with them. Oh, yeah. No, it and like, then, yeah. you know, um, horrific, horrific, unexcusable things aside. Like, yeah, he... His great comedic time. Like, yeah, I see why he kept getting jobs. He's Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, he's forever, it's forever tainted. Well, luckily for us in this movie, he plays basically the devil. So <laughs> it's on it's it's uh, yeah, it's on point. It's yeah, like, uh, we're not we're not championing him on, you know. <laughs> Speaking of casting though, um fuck. John Ritter, Pam Dauber, knock it out of the park. I, I have John Ritter as winning for uh, comedic acting. Oh yeah. In this film. He's, uh, I think, I, hands down, this is the best thing he's ever done. To me, at least, the, personally. His slapstick is amazing. Yeah. Like, when he's, he's in the noir and he punches the guy in the diner and he's walking away all tough and then he goes to grab his hand because he hurt it. Like, I've never seen, I've never seen fucking Jim Carrey do something that good. You know, it's oh, just yeah. like, I don't know, so good. Comes out of the, the saloon and one of the batwing doors comes off in his hand and he just hands it to the other extra. <laughs> No, that's also why like I love this movie because it's it's like this movie doesn't know what it wants to be in a good way too because it is so goddamn silly too. Yeah. Like it'll have these like really dark dark bits for some of the spoofs, but then yeah, like you said, it's just like pure slapstick magic. Yeah. Um, and also like I wonder if it had to have been an intentional like tongue in cheek casting because um, uh, both. John Ritter and Pam Dauber are um, originally television actors. Yeah. John Ritter, obviously, yeah. coming to us from Three's Company, which is a fun little bit that they throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know this because I wasn't very familiar with the show, but fucking Nanu Nanu, dude. Yeah. Pam Dauber is is Mindy yep. of Mork and Mindy. Yep. And uh, just a little trivia on, on you, I'm sure you know it, the, uh, she was five months pregnant. Yeah. And so they were there the entire film, all the activities they were doing, they're, you know, trying to hide, hide the pregnancy keeping and the like, baby bump. Yeah. Like exactly. keeping, keeping her safe and all that stuff. Like I had, would not have known, which also would never have known. Cause she's like, yeah, she also, I don't know. I think personally, I feel like her character wins the movie myself. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just like, she's just such a badass from out the gate. She, she's the, yeah. The, that's, that's kind of uh, written into the relationship where yeah. she, she's kind of the alpha and, uh, you know, winning the bread and, no, she does not. Yeah. That's also something that I had definitely like, cause, uh, cause yeah, in the film, their marriage is like a little on the rocks there. You know, mm-hmm. he's a bit of a couch potato. She's like constantly climbing the ladder and like improving their status in life. And yeah, at the, I mean, I get that, you know, spoiler alert, like they save each other and they get out of like the cable universe, but yeah, they should have gotten a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're like, you know what, Roy? This is exactly like the kind of bullshit that I don't have time for anymore <laughs> as like a woman climbing the corporate ladder and providing for her family. Yep. And I would also say that she is the most, um, the correct perspective on where they are in their relationships. Because during their first test, their questions like, who's, which one of them seeing a former lover? Oh, yeah. And she goes, we're both seeing each other. We're former lovers. Yeah, it's, this, it's like she knows. Oh, it's she's, over. She's completely like, yeah, she's not blind to anything. Whereas John Ritter's character is watching basketball. But yeah, I'm so glad they went with Pam Dauber and John Ritter. Uh, mm-hmm. John Ritter was actually the third choice for Roy. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the first choice was Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did read that. Um, that oh, it would have been a weird, yeah, weird movie. Yeah. It was, it was close enough to Ghostbuster days, but it's also getting into like aliens and stuff days. Exactly. Where, We're almost crystal head vodka days. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think Coneheads was just like the year before this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to tell if Dan is like, if he just believes Coneheads or if, <laughs> <laughs> if he's trying to secretly get the word out there or if it's a comedy. And then yeah, after Dan turned it down, they were like, oh, let's get Richard Dreyfus, And he was super on board. But he wanted way too wanted much fucking money. money. <laughs> yeah. Wanted that cheddar. It, they had uh, what about Bob just recently? I think right before this. Yeah. So he was yeah so exactly. He was, he was, he was he, in demand. He, he was in heavy. Yeah. 
Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And also, then I'll, also would have been a very different movie. Oh, totally different movie. Much more serious, maybe. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, I don't think like Richard wouldn't have been able to like. And again, maybe I don't know. He's a great actor, but I don't. He wouldn't have been able to like swing the slapstick and no. like he wouldn't have gotten half the jokes. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, John Ritter is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the way what they landed on him. Is also, someone de- like someone being fed up with uh, Richard Dreyfus and wanting to divorce him. Depressing. <laughs> sad. And, terrible. And understandable. And understandable. <laughs> John Ritter, you're like, ah, no, come on. He's just a goof. He's just a silly little guy. He doesn't mean any harm. He's just there, you know. He likes to watch TV every now and then. He's just a silly little guy. Whereas, like, yeah, I feel like, yeah. Too much acting chops on the other. (laughs) Oh, as much as I love this movie, there are a few things that I didn't care for. Um, Main one just being, actually, one of my only real gripes. The fucking kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, hate the, I hate the kids. Huh? I hate the kids. You know, I just want to, for the record, hate children, always have. Uh, but <laughs> the son's narration yeah. is so unnecessary. Like, that had to have been, like, a, the worst focus group kind of note that they got. Yeah. I, watching it again the second time today, right before the show, I, I picked up on it, too. But I also think, so, like, a huge part of this, this the reason why it's PG is it's kind of made for kids too. Yeah. So they went for that wider audience. And me watching it, I was the same age as that kid when it came out. So that's like, that's a huge part of bringing in that audience. Even if they're a B plot, the film is framed with like the, the, the boy's narration. Yeah. And so. I, they're also like, I feel like this is, I, this, I think this is, this has to be after Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But it's like, it's definitely kind of like banking on that, like the children helping the parents and vice versa get them out of some kind of like weird sci-fi dilemma. Yeah. Which also, what, what is that too? Why is that such a like big trope of like the late eighties, early nineties is like, why does everyone, why does there always have to be a super scientist or a tinkerer like in the family? Like there's always gotta be one person, whether it's dad or son, like building Rune Goldberg machines. Uh, it's, it's lazy writing that also makes money. Yeah. So there you go. It's uh. That's that's directly from uh, the studio, not the not the writers. Also, not defending Roy as like a uh, you know deadbeat dad, like as far as like not really like you know being a contributing member like emotionally to his wife and his kids. But wow, I know why he's an escapist. Like Roy's job sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there selling plumbing supplies door to door. Yeah, that's like that's on par with like. Uh, the shower curtain salesman from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, exactly. like, how is that a, really a job? Did that really exist? Is that a thing? Um, I have write, written down um, faking Vancouver for Seattle again. Oh, yeah. This happens in so many movies. Um, even in one of the shots, there's, I don't know what the tower is in Vancouver, but there's the big restaurant thing that's mm-hmm. not the Space Needle. No. But they have it flat in the fucking back of one of the, the shots. <laughs> the next shot is them pulling into the driveway with Washington plates on their cars. And then later in the in the movie, he says, "You know, I work. I make sell plumbing supplies in Seattle." Like, yeah, you know, there wasn't Seattle. That's exactly. Fucking... Yeah, he's about to get his head cut off in the um, like the t- made-for-TV miniseries about Marie Antoinette and like <laughs> yeah. the oligarchy, and it's just like, no, 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 like you don't get it. I'm not even French. I'm American. I'm from Seattle, and like I literally just like wa- you know watching this movie in my underpants at like two o'clock in the afternoon. I just yelled bullshit. <laughs> and that was like. I just watched this man become a cartoon mouse and become a uh, freaking Marlowe, <laughs> just like playing a detective. I watched him uh, try to become like the man with no name and a bunch of, and that was the only thing in the movie that I was like, oh, come on. That is not Seattle. There's no way in hell that is Seattle. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing about the boy, um, speaking on his name. Oh, uh, I have it right here. Da, da, da. David Tom. David Tom. No, the his name in the movie. Oh, Daryl Nabel. Daryl Nabel. David Tom, in a weird bit of movie trivia, was in another film about people being sucked into a television. He was in Pleasantville. Oh. Four years later. <laughs> he, he plays Whitey. He's a very small kind of villain role, but he's he's there. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's all grown up. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... So doing this research, I actually went and watched Pleasantville again, too, because I love that movie as well. But yeah, he's in it. <laughs> it's like just a four year which He's like probably like 12 in this movie, and then like, yeah, a teenager in the next one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Another that's actually the exact same plot. <laughs> People getting sucked into a television. I know. That's actually um, someone I told them we were doing this movie next and they actually got really excited. And I was like, oh my God, you've seen Stay Tuned? 
And they're like, yeah. And they started describing it. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, no, dude, that's Pleasantville. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 thin-veiled, uh, you know, civil rights movie with white people. No, that's Pleasantville, dude. That's not. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. Uh, what was your favorite spoof? It was going to be Dwayne's World. Yeah. For sure, on Saturday Night Dead. Exactly. Because it was, yeah, I mean, I, I saw this movie first on TV, but, like, before I saw this movie, actual Wayne's World had come out, the movie. I, I went to see that by myself as a kid. <laughs> I remember my. I went to go see it. My mom went to go see like New Jack City or something. It was really strange. Oh, that's a uh-huh. that's a hell of a double feature right there. <laughs> but I also think she was having an affair, so okay. it's like a different thing. <laughs> so I was like, maybe she wasn't even in the theater. I don't know. <laughs> I just love. No, no, no. Go watch these two airheads like Ex- have a little show in their basement. Exactly. Mom's gonna go watch a movie about the crack epidemic. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. like- I had no idea what. It, I still haven't seen New Jack City, but it's like I haven't seen yeah. it in a long time. That's definitely be really curious to see how that one aged up. <laughs> Because it had like, it was definitely, it had some stuff to, it was one of those like, we've got a message, we've got things to say. And then it's probably like, yeah, nowadays. Um, Speaking of Dwayne's World though, um, fun fact, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were originally supposed to make cameos in Dwayne's World. Yep. They're they're filming the next. uh, They were literally filming Wayne's World. (laughs) It's like, sorry, I can't Wayne's World. Already Wayne's World is. (laughs) Party on excellent. Yeah, I can't legally say that. Uh, (laughs) Universal or Paramount or whoever. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, I'm in a a bind here, but I can't do that one. Yeah, despite all the um, Saturday Night Live spoofs, was there anybody from Saturday Night Live in this film? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, that's like, it's very like, yeah, it's SNL adjacent. Like you brought up um, Second City TV, uh-huh. and like that's kind of the closest because they Eugene Levy. Yeah, we have the connecting bridge from the last episode. We've got Eugene Levy. Yeah, um, which brilliant. Holy sh! Yeah, I mean, brilliant. Like knocks it out of the park. Is absolutely like a comedic his a comedic genius, and it's like just timing wise and everything. But I was blown away that how little he was in this. Like in my mind's eye, Same. He I makes, remember, remember him being in more too. He makes such an impact in this movie. Like at least just like. To me, as like a far as like, oh yeah, like he steals every scene he's in. <laughs> yeah, he's in like four scenes, so four he steals scenes. those four scenes. <laughs> yep. Uh, we got some aggressive product placement. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if you were hungry for Dunkin' Donuts after watching the boy somewhere grab them open top box of Dunkin' Donuts out of a cupboard and slam them onto the counter. <laughs> what the fuck? It was like they was pissed about it. Like yeah. the director told him, I don't want to fucking do this. Also, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Who keeps Dunkin' Donuts? In the <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's probably pissed because he like his dad and his mother don't care about him. He has to eat stale Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, he got to wash it down with a nice ice cold Pepsi, though. Oh, yeah, of course. There was so much Pepsi in this. No, nothing, nothing covers up the... Uh, the absent parents than uh, you know sugar and, yeah exactly and, pure junk food oh you mentioned favorite lines already you already said the uh sorry spike you're canceled but uh my, my personal favorite is during the uh animated mouse bit he's trying to warm up uh to his wife and roy says you know for a cartoon mouse <laughs> you look pretty sexy <laughs> which is like I, I you're already not, in the doghouse it's i know like, and I, I don't remember the word sexy from when i was a child <laughs> I don't either I was like, that's that's going a little far. Like, I thought, hey. I don't know. Ugh. Hey, hon, I know we haven't... Uh, How did that get by the, the fucking MPAA? It's, it's kind of... I guess that was allowed. They allow blood and, and gunshots and stuff, but yeah. they don't want the word bitch and fuck and... Also, I want to know, speaking of the cartoon animated sequence, which, you know, I'm just going to keep peppering in fun facts. It's sure. just an annoying thing that I do. Um, that was done that took six months to make and it was the first thing they did for the film they were just like oh we're gonna like they got at chuck jones because i i think it was only chuck jones animating every yeah. still like every frame they didn't have a team of animators i think but it was actually just chuck speaking of like the editing because i believe there's got to be a pg-13 like cut out there of this at least um just because there's little things like like when he, when they're mice um and he's cornered by the mecha cat he has like the little like kind of, you know, oh, like light bulb over the head moment of like, I know how to, I, I've watched enough cartoons. I know how to do this. And he right. like sends away for like an Acme product. Right. And it's a uh, mechanized dog to fight the mechanized cat. They like pan down and they cut the dog's tag says something. It does. Yeah. They, they did cut something. Like it says there. like, don't like something. <laughs> So I'm like, it's like, was Chuck Jones like, oh yeah, this is a great movie, it's for kids. Like, this is, don't fuck around with me. Like, you know, like. Well, right before that, he's got um, 
John Ritter's character going, that's one clever pussy. Exactly. Like, that's a double entendre. I mean, oh, like, yeah. Even as a kid, I knew what that word meant. But well, like, I mean, like you gotta, like, even if this was intended to always be PG, you gotta get, you gotta have your fun when you can. Oh yeah, they had to push it. I'm sure. I'm sure they had to like loop a bunch of lines to cover things up. There were, there was, it was. It seemed like they were, they're going for a, a darker audience. I also have a hot take. Um, I think somewhere, whether it's subconscious or not, I think the Wachowskis <laughs> oh, <God>. ripped off. <laughs> this movie just a little bit for the matrix okay um so there's the first couple that ever get sucked into the television uh that we see at least are the Sidon bombs right and they're like an old like couple that have been together for like you know 40 years and like clearly like it's just one of those they're staying together because like divorce wasn't a thing in their generation like they're completely done with each other um the wife gets taken out in like a godzilla parody yeah. and she's dead he could care less he's moving on we re-meet Maurice Seidenbaum um, in the, essentially like the Marlowe, like uh, kind of like Dick, the private eye Dick like segment. Yeah. And he owns his own club and stuff. Uh, but he has like a cipher from the Matrix moment where Roy's like, oh my God, dude, we got to get out of here. Like, this is terrible. Like, you know, I can't believe like you're my neighbor. Like, I remember you. You've been missing for like a couple days now. Holy shit. Right. This is where you are. We have to get out of the television universe. This is terrible. We're all going to die. And he has like a, that was the old life kid. <laughs> like lights up a cigar and he's like, I was a loser out there. I'm a somebody. Yeah, I, I own a that. nightclub. I, like, and he just like, yeah, he has that very much like, do I want to go back to eating mush? Or do I want to eat this digital steak? <laughs> Do you, are you ready for a really spooky um, fun fact? Oh, yeah. I love me a spooky fun fact. Give the, me the chills. So the Seiden bombs at the beginning of the film, they're watching an old show called Doogie Howser. Oh, yeah. And I think his name is Sean Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, who's in the fourth Matrix movie. Oh. As the villain. There we go. There's your Matrix connection right there, man. All right. They did steal something. They did, yeah. <laughs> and also the fourth one, which, whoa. Let's never. I, I don't want. Let's, let's not do the fourth one ever. <laughs> we can do any other Matrix you want ever. I kind of want to. I think there's. there's yeah. I think, I think there's buried stuff in it. There's buried. Okay. There's buried treasures. It wasn't meant to be uh, a real movie. I don't think. Let's it, circle back. <laughs> I, I think it was, it's a it's a hidden middle finger. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that movie part. is like a very much like I feel like that's the Wachowskis being like, all right, we're done with the like. You want to do the Matrix again? I told you we were done with the fucking Matrix. Right. Let's really be done with the Matrix. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kill this and I'm going to kill it on my terms is kind yeah. of how it felt. Yeah, I think there's some fun stuff in there. Also, I don't really want to watch it again. But Speaking of side characters like the Sidon Bombs, um, Pierce, yeah, played have, by uh, Eric King. Yep, I have it written down too. Yeah, he's like the kind of, you know, trainee, almost like borderline kiss-assy, but like with a very conniving intention of like essentially wanting to he's, take over one day. He's, he's got his eyes on, on the throne from exactly. the beginning. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you caught it, but, uh, he's a film school student. <laughs> USC. Yep. USC. I was like, <laughs> is this like, he did his thesis on what is it? Um, Kurosawa and Spike Lee. Yeah. And it was, it was a fucking great joke. I, I was just it. like, I was like, oh, is this like, is this uh, like a hidden thing? Like, are they trying to tell me that like, you know, fuck film school and, uh, -huh. uh you know, <laughs> film school students are so annoying that they deserve their own special place in hell. Right. Cause, uh, yeah, I definitely took that away. Yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a funny little side thing. They didn't have to put that in there, but they did. Um, and you, you didn't get the sense that he was going to be a big character, Pierce. Yeah. But uh, yes, he ends up like just kind of just waiting around and falling into the throne. But, Speaking of side things, there's so many little like fun Easter eggs in this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Did you catch Tuesday is uh, Saddam Hussein Appreciation <laughs> Day in hell? Yep. <laughs> like I just drop everything you're doing. So this was, this was uh, only after the first war. So this was 1994. Yeah. So the first war was in 1991. So there was like this huge, he was a cartoon figure in American culture at that point. Oh, yeah. So it was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did catch that. Also, did you notice Dr. Strangelove rolling around in the I studio? Did. I had that totally written down. I'm like, <laughs> for, it was a non sequitur. Like, yeah. Like the thing He's he just there, to cover, yeah. It's like, there's no, no follow-up. There's no explanation. No. That, you know, we don't see that person before or after that scene. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Peter totally. Sellers just rolling around in hell for some oh. reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Also, I had uh, most of the references in this are, although like obviously extremely dated. Yeah. I feel like they age really well. Also, this movie does like um, a really good 
like one of the smarter things this movie does is during any major plot point, like anything like where it's like Roy and Helen having a major tiff or Roy having a showdown with Spike, they choose to not parody really anything very strongly. Sure. Like it's like, oh, we're going to do a Western where it's like, doesn't matter if this movie is a year old or 50 years old, people know what a Western is. Right. People know what a wrestling match is. Like, that's like, I, I think they did that incredibly well. Um, and yeah, like, I definitely picked up every single reference, even though this movie's like 30 years old. Sure. The only one, the only like really big L, the only swing and a miss that they took was uh, there's a 30 something parody. Uh huh, 30 something to life. Yeah. I had to like look up 30 something. I was like, oh, okay. That one, like, it was a huge deal. Uh, that's huge, what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like early 90s. I was like, I think it was on like Showtime. It was like a something you had to pay for on cable, so only like a certain group of people ever saw it. Yeah, I think so. It may have been on network television. I didn't watch it. Yeah, because it's like I think but like, like in that era, uh, every any stand up comic you'd ever watch made a thirty something joke. Okay. Or or a six feet under joke or those were yeah, the, those were the shows that were just hit after, after fucking every day. Poor Arliss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not poor Arliss. It's a terrible show, but uh, yeah, that's like nothing says <laughs> like open mic night in the nineties like. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. I was like, well, it's like you guys aren't laughing. At least I'm funnier than that last episode of Arliss. <laughs> like, right. yeah. Uh, there is one spoof. Um, it was actually after the credits. So I wanted to just mention, like, oh, I think I, I hope it's the same one. This probably, I have probably down. is. But uh, the way the, the film ends, it's kind of a. I, wa- I wanted to kind of kind of frame this as like this may have been the last film to ever use a frame, a freeze frame, and then fade to credits. Because oh, yeah. he does that little fencing move and it's stuck there. It actually sticks there for like three or four seconds, which is a bit longer than you would think because it doesn't fucking move. Yeah. <laughs> you think the film's broken and then it fades the credits. Also, that was like another one of my only just really quick jump in. Um, one of my only other qualms with the movie is like, why does he start a fencing company? Like, I understand that he used to fence in college mm-hmm. and that they have the, the little kind of fencing sword fight at the end. But it's like, he should... Stick to what he knows, as in, like, the, I figured he would be, yeah, like he should work for television or he should, like, you know, it would be great if it ended, like, because, you know, how, uh, without spoiling what you're about to talk about, it'd be great if the after the credit sequence was him going to a network, like going to oh, NBC yeah. or CBS and being like, you guys, <laughs> I've got the fall lineup. <laughs> like, I think that's like, that would have been a brilliant choice. That would have been fun. Um, but then I also have, is this, is this the film that started the post credits entertainment? Oh, because there there aren't a lot of films that have things that go on once things start rolling, but this one has other spoofs that obviously probably didn't make it into the movie. But uh, the one I've uh, the one that hits me in the face is the David Dukes of Hazard. I knew that's what you're going for. That was my favorite. <laughs> I laughed so I hard at I that. I don't think a lot of people know who David Dukes was or is. He's still fucking around. That's yeah. And then there's the the, the shameful connection with the Dukes of Hazard because they have the fucking rebel flag on the top of the general exactly, League, and then they still won't like. Which that's like also, I mean, to the yeah, to the credit of the filmmakers here, like just being like, yeah, um, you know this uh, this show about good old boys like hopping things in their yeah, car. Um, it's, it's not a yeah, it wasn't unintentional. It was like yeah, they very very much, very much like yeah, it was a very like fuck you, Dukes of Hazard, <laughs> for perpetuating like the fucking yeah, so yeah, they, Confederate they, flag on everything as just like a no, it's just it's just a mascot. It's just something fun and innocent. Like, yeah. yeah. So we wouldn't say it, but like David Duke was David Dukes was the one time Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. So that's that's where that reference matches. Um, um, but yeah, that's that's the only one that really stuck out to me. There's a few during the 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 marquee. There's a few cross dressing jokes that are just kind of unnecessary. Oh, they were unnecessary, but I actually have them as something that aged okay in the sense that yes, there are jokes about cross-dressing um, and gender identity, mm-hmm. but they bring it home with like someone making a comment like, oh, that's just a guy in a dress. Or like, I can't believe that guy's wearing a dress. And then the person next to him is like, I do that sometimes. I do this sometimes. Like, you know. That's, that's, that's the one thing that, that stands out to me. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying, but that's also, that's left in the film as a as a dig as a joke yeah against cross-dressing or to make it, to make it weird maybe just with my my like yeah i, I think a lot of future people eyes yeah i was like i took it as like oh that's pretty progressive i know i, I thought so too like I, I i thought that at first but then i remembered like no it's it's left in there as a joke it's not they're not promoting it they're not normalizing it it's it's actually like a moment of you're supposed to think this guy's weird because the yeah. guy next to him was going oh you fucking weirdo i also love that they literally put 
I feel like they, you know, had a round table, like sat down like, all right, all right, you gotta come up with these spoof ideas. We gotta do this, we gotta, I feel like they put every single thing they came up with in the movie. <laughs> just because like you said, there's like a lot of rapid fires, like especially at the end, they're just like, you know, talking about the fall lineup and it's like Beverly Hills 90666, right. like I Love Lucifer, Golden Ghouls, things like that. But like even throughout the movie, there's just like, you get these little like less than, like less than a TikTok, like, you know, less than a Vine level, just like. True. Um, you get like, you know, two guys bear, like say three words to each other and then just, oh, oh. And then it's like, tune in to different strokes. Different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't feel my arm. Exactly. I can't see I all can't of a sudden. I can't see. They these are coordinated deaths too. That was the funny part. Oh yeah. They, they like, they twitched at the right time. <laughs> no, all of the, um, honestly, all the parodies and all the actors in the parody channels like are killing it. Uh -huh. Like, no, there's no half-assing. There's no like, okay, Mike, like um, we're just gonna throw you in here, and uh, all you got to do is get like spit up on by like a baby, and then we're gonna make a you know three men and a rosemary's baby joke. <laughs> it's like no, everyone's just bringing their everyone's committed. Yep, everyone like got the assignment and was just like, yep. Again, we've talked about how silly and slapstick this movie is, and just yeah, and it's like that's the charm of the movie. I would argue. Do you imagine what it would be like if the original director uh, choice had proceeded? Who was it? Do you know? Tim Burton. Oh yeah, yeah, was originally set up to direct. Oh no, 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 no. Like I think it would have, it would still have would have had like the macabre touches and stuff, but he mm -hmm. would not have gotten the jokes. Oh no, not at all. I, I do have a link to him though in the film, um, the bike. So the bike was a big fucking deal. I knew about the bike before I knew about the movie. Really? Yeah. It was. It was like. It wasn't like super special or anything, but like before the internet, your only introduction to new technology and new toys was television and movies. Mm -hmm. They that bike was so prominent because it actually he rides up on it. It's neon green. You can't miss it. Yeah. He rides no, up no. on it. It gets sucked into the satellite dish. It shows up on a television show. That's their their second banging you over the head with product placement. Because that that bike right now, I don't know if you have the trivia for it. I do, yeah, but yeah, it's like but it's like that that one bike is is like in a museum somewhere. But like they that bike went fucking nuts. They used, all of a sudden you saw it in Walmart and, and Kmart and stuff like that. It was everywhere, which is so wild because it's like by nowadays standards, like not to say that you can't go nuts for a bike, but like the fact that the bike doesn't have a giant, you know, huffy huh, or mongoose logo, yeah. or whatever. Burn. Like nowadays, it would have to have like yeah. The it would just have to be the entire bike would have to be the logo for the biking company and then it's like well that's what I wanted well that's I think that's what one of the things they tried to do was get Huffy and something like that on on the bike oh and the the connection to Tim Burton was um, 1989's Batman had just happened that was the first film that had been engineered for over five years to be a product placement toy selling machine oh yeah so every movie that came out after that. That was the, what they were thinking first. How do we get toys? How do we how do we cycle through products in our film to make people want them? And that bike was a huge, huge link to that mentality that came out of Batman. Yeah, no, that it definitely tracks. Like as far as like, yeah, that this is in the era of like, we've got the toys, <laughs> we've got the concept. Let's make a movie about them. One of you nerds needs to write a script right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know I sound like a broken record here. I know I'm like, I love this movie. Let me tell you how much. <laughs> the only thing, the one thing I don't, I have one little last final nitpick and then, and then that's it. I promise I will shut up about hating this movie, which I don't. Um, the salt and pepper music goes on does, way too long. Does it? I thought it was perfect. Oh, that's like my, one of my favorite things. Oh, it's a great bit. And it's like, it's perfect because, but it is like one of those where it's like, I think it just needed to be a better salt and pepper song. <laughs> oh, possibly. This this for me was like a great integration. Um, a lot of movies started doing this. They started integrating bands, popular bands like American Pie, the Blink-182, mm -hmm. and all their music in the soundtrack. I think it started in the 80s where a, someone in a band or a band themselves would be a part of the film. Yeah. And there would be a music video being shot in the background. And the main characters would just fall into it. And it happened all the time. Oh, yeah. John Ritter dressed as Prince in this. It was like, it was perfect. It was, it was great. beautiful. It was like... I thought it went on, it was because it became a part of the movie because the, the, the MacGuffin was the remote and they started getting kicked around through the band and stuff. Exactly. They did it perfectly. In my oh, opinion. they did it perfectly. Don't get me wrong. It was just one of those things where it's like in comparison to, I guess, I guess it's more or less me wanting more out of a couple of the other parodies. Sure. That are just kind of more like, you know, set, joke, bam. You know, just like. And I don't want to hear this because I practiced doing that dance by myself for so fucking Stop long. Stop me up. 
<laughs> you gotta stop me up. No. <laughs> uh, no, that was great. That was I, I mean, for me, that was like cherry on top. Yeah. Because it's the end of the film. It's the very end. I thought it was a perfect pacing and like Oh yeah. I don't yeah. know. Hey, I'm about, I bet you know me, I backpedal all day long. I'll oh, no, backpedal real quick. And I, I, I promised listeners I'm not pointing a gun at Chuck. So I, don't I mean, know, he I don't is, have, but I don't have a gun under the table. It's, it's, not, it's not how we do this. Oh, what is that then? Uh, back to, I keep coming back to it, back to the Dwayne's world. Uh, <laughs> it was a good one. It's such a good one, it's, honestly. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan of Wayne, but like, the, I mean, like the, the parody yeah. version of it, the Garth was great. I think the, the parody version of Wayne in this is what everybody thought Wayne sounded like. Exactly. But isn't. But I was just going to say, like, the uh, I wore shit I wore satin. satin? <laughs> and the extreme close-up cam becoming oh. the uh, extreme the, hot poker the, in the eye cam. The best gag <laughs> in the world. Oh, my God. If you didn't grow up in this era, and you weren't, we weren't, like, familiar with extreme close-up, extreme close-up was what people shouted across parking lots at each other. Oh yeah. As a joke. Like it went on forever. And this was only on Saturday Night Live. This was only on TV from time to time. Yeah, and it's like it's not like you had a brand new Wayne's World skit every single Saturday. It was like, oh yeah, it's like, well you guys want to do Wayne's World again on this one? Sure. Yep. But the the extreme close up of actually running the camera into his face, <laughs> yeah. the best fucking slapstick joke. I, I can't I can't I can't top it. I I can't write I couldn't write that. I couldn't Then yeah. the hot poker thing. It's just like I forgot about that entirely, but like oh. the camera to the face. Well, I have, um, we have, we have one category that we kind of wrote down as would his work as another genre. Oh, absolutely. And I thought horror dramatic would be oh, yeah. so fun. I would, I would even write it and, and film it and direct it, whatever. Yeah. No, this could easily be a sci-fi horror film. Like just like a, I have down, um, eternal sunshine meets Pleasantville. Yeah. Like, you know how Eternal Sunshine is falling through dreams and like subconscious and stuff? Yeah. That that, would, that's what it would be like going through these TV shows. That would be incredible. Let's do it. Yeah. I also have, yeah, like cause, uh, as far as like, could it be remade today? Absolutely. Um, but yep. I would love to see it as a reimagining as like a YouTube channel, like hopping. Sure. Yeah, it would be Mimi. It would be. Different. It would. Ha I mean, that would be the only annoying thing if it got remade today is it would be like, because the you think the references here are dated? <laughs> if we tried to make this like nowadays with like YouTube culture and how quickly everything happens, it's uh -huh. like we would shoot it and then the like things we're parroting would already be out of style. Like yeah. it's like, like I, I actually tried to, I think I, I probably shared it with you at some point, but like, God, it's gotta be back in like 2016 now or something like that. I actually wrote, I very much just lifted stay tuned. I wrote like a short <laughs> film script that was like these two characters from a video kind of hopping. And it's like you read it now and it's like it's like a caveman wrote it. <laughs> right. Well, cuz there's like there's jokes about like tasty videos were big back then and then yep. like um you had you know like uh tri channels were big back then and like um BuzzFeed was still a thing. Like there's just like so much like I like tried to hit like I think I did like an unboxing video which is like nobody fucking does unboxing videos anymore. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, we're still pretty big. But it's just that thing where it's like yeah, it's like 2015 called it wants its jokes back. Pretty much. Yeah. But I mean, for the record, it did. It was. Uh, it was. It wasn't too bad when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe want, we'll. I have the same idea written down, but I wrote because of how much media has fragmented. Yeah, it would have to be really big, not just memes, but like TV shows and like things. It would be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it'd have to be like full concepts. Basically, a Wayans Brothers parody movie now. You yeah, know? actually, that's what I was thinking too. Is like as far as also someone who. Like if a big time director were to remake this and not just like you and I in a garage, um, <laughs> dude, Jordan Peele would be oh, perfect. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Just cause like uh, one of the best things about Key and Peele is how beautifully like nuanced they land every parody they do. And they're, they're have their fingers in the zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's just like, it's like shot for shot. Like the, just, they're just in the ethos of it. Like no matter what they're doing, like, yeah. yeah. Like they could be doing, you know, a uh, fucking like Charmin Bear commercial parody and it'll be like, oh, this, did, did Charmin make this? <laughs> right. No, no. Oh, Jordan Peele made this? Oh, holy shit. Uh, but yeah, I think he would just fucking kill it. 
Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more. I mean, nah. I watched, watched it twice. It's funny to sit through. There's not a lot to complain about. No, or... I know. It's like, that's also kind of why I keep, because, you know, people love content. People love uh, hearing about me bitch about things. So <laughs> it, it's also PG. So it's about as milk toast as it's going to get. Exactly. I mean, without us watching a G movie. So like. Hey, man. But Be- it, huge nostalgia for me. Like I watched this a million times whenever it was on. And it was on a lot in the 90s. Oh, yeah. No, like I definitely, I had this on VHS, uh, like after, I think after, I might've gotten it from the video store that I used to rent it from when the video store closed, but I definitely had it on VHS, probably borderline, like ran the tape out. Right. Cause this was just in the, like, this was me, you know, smoking like an eighth a day and just running through like the same, <laughs> this sounds so sad saying it aloud. And this is kind of why I don't smoke weed anymore. Eh? Uh, but yeah, just like running through like the same eight, like fucking VHS tapes and Playing the same four video games, just you know, that was kind of that was my day. Yeah, I could totally see that. I've been I'm allergic, so I don't have that same uh, experience. But yeah, I could totally see you totally vegging out to this movie just being on. Oh, it's perfect. And like, yeah, I leave it on, brain turn off. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of hit on like all the really big, like that, parody bits. Everything else is kind of like what we had talked about before that they do in this is just really just kind of like really quick turn and burn skits. Like, um, yeah, like, and stuff that, like, you know, again, hasn't aged very well. Like, there's, like, a Lifestyles of Rich and Famous joke. There's, (laughs) like, I love Northern Exposure, and that was actually one of those things that, like, me and my wife, like, when we first started dating, uh, we both had this epiphany of, like, oh, my God, you grew up poor, too, watching, like, public access and, like, just random, like, uh, syndicated things, because it was just, like, we both had a huge affinity for... um, Northern Exposure, but there's like, yeah, a very throwaway Northern Exposure joke. It was, it was very low hanging fruit. That show was on so much. Oh yeah. It was, it was on as much as 30 something. Like, see, I was going to say maybe y- if, uh, yeah, like if our local, uh, you know, cable, uh, your TV 20, uh, channel 50 kind of thing, uh, had picked up 30 something, I'd know all about it. I'd yeah. be like, oh yeah, they really, uh, I really wish they would have nuanced Dale's performance, but you know, but now. <laughs> I have one more big nostalgia nugget. Oh, please hit me with it. Um, how familiar are you with the uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood? Oh, um, I would love to revisit it. I think I would love to do it on this show. Um, but for, for me, that's one of my my favorite older films from from when I was a kid, and that was the first film by Morgan Creek. Oh, so, so this music, this that's... this movie opens with the same music as Robin Hood does, and that just I just washes over me completely. Okay, dude, that's awesome. That's because I was like, like one of the things that I read, you know, when I was just like, oh yeah, Peter Himes, like, you know, he fucking like kicked in the door basically of Morgan <laughs> Creek and was like, look here, mu-. like he came at him like samurai cop level, like look here, you sons of bitches. Exactly, yeah. Like I am making this movie, you cannot stop me. Uh-huh. Also, please give me money. Uh-huh. Um, but I was just like, Morgan Creek, I couldn't name a single Morgan Creek movie off the top of my head. Like I was just like, I have never, that's gotta be like a way of the Dodo Bird the, like the production first, company. Like, five years of the 90s was Morgan Creek everywhere. Okay. Yeah. They owned it. Yeah, they did for a while. I think they got bought up by somebody. But that that intro music, you play that intro music for me anytime, anywhere. You could put it in front of like a you know a hanging, and I'd be nostalgic for it. Like it's like Pavlovian. It's your MK ex- Ultra. Exactly. <laughs> like it just turns you on. You're just exactly. Like, dude. I see the lights. Exactly. Like, yep. um, yeah. I would say the only other thing, other than I guess we could probably wrap this one pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. Last little nugget I've got is uh, the original title for this movie, which this is a transition. Uh, was Terror Vision. Yeah. And they rolled with that for like a hot second. They changed it though when they discovered that there was already a movie There's called a, Terror Vision. bad movie named Terror yeah. Vision. 1986 cult horror classic. Um, I'm, not gonna, I'm not just going to throw you in the deep end and make you watch Terror Vision, but uh, I would love, yeah, <laughs> we're going to start kind of, uh, I'm going to start breadcrumbing you into like the world of like ooky kooky bullshit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Terror Vision for anyone who's not familiar is basically like a, otherworldly like demon hell spawn like cthulhu like lovecraftian mm-hmm. kind of beast comes and just starts yeah getting people with their tentacles i haven't seen it in years again this is like this is heavy in chuck's pot smoking for <laughs> also i sound so fucking old saying pot smoking um when chuck was blowing tokes uh it was yeah like it's it also i feel like it's god i want to revisit it my poor little burned out brain Let's um, do it. i'll watch it it's uh, yeah but it's like screwed. i think they do come through the satellite dish too oh really yeah okay. which also okay boom i lied one more quick little one would this be the same movie if it was cable i think it had to be dish because you can't get like how do you get sucked through a cape like through the cable 
Just the same way they did in Pleasantville. Yeah, it just had to be straight through the television, yeah. which would be like, eh. I think it's fun <laughs> that it's like actually a dish because then it's like, because they also never, I think. A, a dish was exotic at that time. Exactly. And they also That's, like, again, probably back to the PG thing because he's Spike and not Satan and whatnot. Uh -huh. um, they reference hell a lot, but they never specifically, to my knowledge, say like, this is hell. No, we are in hell it's right all, now. It's all, it's all innuendo. Innuendo. Yeah. So I think maybe like. Well, it's actually purgatory. It's purgatory. Actually, yeah. Welcome to purgatory. So. Yeah, because I feel like the satellite dish would probably also be. It's that thing where it's like, oh, it's like they're kids. They're not in hell. <laughs> they're just on another plane. It's totally. Right, no, right. mommy and dad, you're sleeping. Their eyes are just closed. It's totally fine. Like their souls aren't burning forever in hellfire. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Totally. No. no. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much all i have too yeah it's, um i still i watched it twice in the past three days and i still love it yeah so uh my, uh my verdict is to let it live oh please yeah let it live um yeah I, we've also uh from the second episode we've kind of changed the the phrasing there um i believe uh we've kind of switched it up to let it live i'm gonna change it every time Jeff. change it every it's, time it's be, oh just, please no, do no I'm, I'm just fucking with you but we'll, we'll, we'll come to a, a solid all right I want you to keep idea, me on my toes. At some point. Yeah. I want you to be like, is it shoots or ladders? Like, I want you to just hit me with something. You, I just want to make you feel like you haven't done your homework. And then. I mean, you know, I usually do. Um, <laughs> I mean, granted, I have, this is probably the most homework I've done, like, Isn't for projects. Isn't yeah. it fucking fun? It's so fun. I don't care if no one listens, which also people have been listening and they've been saying it's yes, great. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. Yes. Uh, but I don't care if it, no, yeah, it's one of those where it's like, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. This is, this is, I don't care. I mean, I, I would love people to hear it. But this for me is the win. This, yeah. is, this is the fun part. So exactly. Having a blast. Which, yeah, look forward to us doing many more. Um, yeah, we haven't settled on our next episode, uh, but realistically, um, it'll be Luke and a special guest. I will be taking a leave of absence for uh, just a hot second, but I will return. You haven't even been here two times, man. I know, exactly. Jesus. Flaking on the job. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll be here. Um, I'm gonna try to fill in while Chuck's away. We'll do a few episodes, call in some other people and pick at their nostalgia wounds. And uh, yeah. yeah. And just before, right when it's about to scab over, I'm going to come in hot. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, strap in. Yep. Yep. We're doing, yeah. I'm going to make you rewatch like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or something like that. It's just going to, although like, it would be fun to mix it up. I would like to, maybe we should do like an action movie or something like that. Okay, we'll try that out. We'll, we'll, we'll right. stir the pot. Make sure not, it uh, I'm not stale. saying we're going to do it when I get back, but oh, plant some seeds. Maybe maybe Ronan? I'm down. I, yeah. I actually, since the last time we talked about it, I've watched it twice. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> also, um, would really love to see who probably has, I probably have some very different opinions on it now. Um, it'll still be March when I get back. Maybe Boondock Saints in honor of St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Sure, sure. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not... These are creeds that every man can accept. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, that's... I'm just thinking of things... Fuck! Ass! I'm just thinking of things already that have not... Like, I'm like, ugh. That's like, well, what about when Willem Dafoe... No, it's... No. Fuck. Okay. No, it's bad, too. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm throwing boondocks in the hat, but... Yeah. You know what? Hey, uh, I'll be back in a little bit. I'm going to probably, I might come back on a new man, a changed person. I might have a completely different outlook on life. We'll see. No, it's locked in. It's okay, perfect. Mar March Madness is, uh, we're, we're going to Boston. All right, let's do it. Ship up to have <laughs> stop, okay, stop. Okay, I'll stop, I'll stop, stop. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This was episode two. I've been Luke Lone. I've been Chuck Starzynski. And, and we are the Nostalgia Killers. Uh, once again, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cut.